Preface and Chapter 1 of Robert O'Hara Burke and the Australian Exploring Expedition of 1860. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Robert O'Hara Burke and the Australian Exploring Expedition of 1860 by Andrew Jackson published 1862. Recorded by Chris Chapman. Preface. Serving in the same regiment with the head of the family to which belonged Robert O'Hara Burke, and sharing the personal attachment which every member of that family seems to inspire in those who know them, I naturally felt a deep interest in the noble career and melancholy fate of the gallant leader of the Australian Exploring Expedition of 1860. Animated by a strong feeling of admiration for the active energy, steadfast courage, and patient endurance shown by this brave man in every stage of this arduous enterprise, I undertook the present attempt to record the incidents of the exploration of Central Australia so successfully achieved. My task has been limited to arranging consecutively the letters and journals of the explorers, and forming the whole into a connected narrative of the progress and results of the expedition, the vicissitudes of the exploring party, and the fatal disasters which overtook them at last. In doing so, I have not been able to refrain from censuring the conduct of one of the party in particular, as well as vindicating Mr. Burke who, in his character as leader of the expedition, presents a noble example of those qualities which are called for in the soldier, the voyager, and the pioneer of civilization. Andrew Jackson, Ensign, Third Buffs, Malta, June, 1862. Chapter 1. Introductory. The vast extent of the unexplored portion of the great Australian continent had long baffled numerous efforts made to penetrate its mysterious and silent depths. Although it was believed that the immense tract of country lying between the 15th and 30th parallels of south latitude and 120th and 145th meridians of east longitude contained in all probability habitable space sufficient to afford an eligible home to millions of civilized beings, yet none of the parties equipped at different times to explore it had ever done more than obtain a partial and unsatisfying success. Difficulties caused by want of water, impassibility of ground, and dangers connected with the open hostility or treacherous friendship of the aboriginal tribes had repelled the intrepid efforts of such men as Sturt, Gregory, Oxley, and others, who had vainly striven to overcome them, while the mysterious fate of the esteemed and lamented Leichhardt, although it did not prevent fresh attempts from being made, had yet exercised a depressing and melancholy effect on the spirits of the enterprising public, tending on the whole to produce a belief that, with regard to certain boundaries of central Australia, it might be safely said, Hither shalt thou come, and no farther. 
To the Anglo-Saxon temperament, however, difficulties only serve as fresh incentives to exertion. The inhabitants of the colony of Victoria, urged by a recollection of the generous spirit displayed by neighbouring colonies, whose unassisted efforts had effected the more recent discoveries, and stimulated by the feeling that it behoved Victoria, as the wealthiest and most important of the group, to take her share in a work no less of the highest interest and importance in a scientific point of view, than likely to prove hereafter of great commercial advantage to themselves, convened a public meeting in Melbourne on the 1st of September, 1858, for the purpose of promoting the great object of Australian exploration. A donation of £1,000, munificently offered by an anonymous individual through the columns of the Argus newspaper, formed the nucleus of a private subscription which speedily reached the sum of £3,200, and a further sum of £6,000 having been subsequently voted by the colonial legislature towards the expenses of the expedition. The whole fund was placed at the disposal of a committee of the Royal Society of Victoria, presided over by Sir Henry Barclay, K.C.B., Governor of the Colony. This society, which had already had under its consideration the great assistance likely to be derived from the use of camels in the interior, had previously made arrangements to import from India a number of these animals, twenty-four of which were successfully landed in first-rate order in the early part of 1860. After some further preliminaries and consideration as to the selection of a leader for the expedition, the choice of the committee at length fell on Robert O'Hara Burke, Esquire, one of the superintendents of the police force of the colony, a short account of whose family and previous career will be found in the succeeding chapter. End of chapter 1